0: This is the Things We Do podcast, a podcast about film, life, television, culture, mental health and all of that fun, jazzy stuff. Today, I've got three special guests. Right next to me, I've got Danny Barton. Hi there. (laughs) On the other side of me, I've got Tabitha Thor. Hello. And in the UK, I've got my friend, Sarah Kolb. Hi. So this year has been a bit of a blur. Last year was a bit of a blur. (laughs) Does it feel to everyone here that it actually was 2020, 2021, or does it feel like it was all just we're about to go into 2021? What, Like, Danny, I'll start with you. What's your overall thoughts on that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> First, I'll start, going. Yeah, uh, <laughs> off to a great start. Um, Look, I don't even really know how to answer that question because in some veins I get confused as to when I try and like, oh, remember earlier in the year? And I'm like, oh, no, that was last year. Mm. Oh no, that was this year. I I I have kind of felt like it's a bit like my memory is muddled, but at the same time, I'm like the years are going incredibly fast. Yeah. What about you, Tammy?
2: Um. Look, it's all a bit of a blur for me. <laughs> it's just been one big blur. <laughs> I still kind of feel like we're we're waiting for that new year of that 2021. You mm. know, like because yeah. we, were, I think. Like when I first heard of corona and we all were affected at the beginning, I was like, all right, 2021 is going to be our year, everyone. And then we're at the end and I'm like, oh, maybe maybe not that.
1: I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And now we have another variant. So 2022 probably isn't going to be our year either. No. no, no, no. And, and probably the next
2: five years. So we'll just yeah, cross them off the
3: calendars.
0: What about you, Sarah? What's what's this last two years felt like for you? Oh,
3: I feel like we should put brackets on the corona years. Do you know <laughs> yes. what I mean? Like there's 2019 and then all of the years where we cannot go about normal life because of COVID, they should be bracket years. And then mm. we can continue with 2020 again <laughs> after this is all over. Because that's how I feel. I feel like it's all one big timeline. They don't feel like two separate years.
0: You remember the Mayan calendar? Yes. Like when it stopped at 2012. And everyone thought that was going to be the last year. I feel like the Mayan calendar was slightly wrong and <laughs> eight years off. Like it <laughs> yeah. should have absolutely happened now. Mm. I'd
3: be all for that, you know. Currently we are, <laughs> what is it, a- AD as in being after Christ? There yes. should be a new calendar that is after coronavirus. Yeah, yes. well, so AC. A-C.
0: A-C. <laughs> that just sounds like an air conditioning <laughs> unit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I do think... Like the way it's affected different countries is is incredible, but it's it is it is across the world. Like it's interesting because it's not an isolated thing; it's a worldwide pandemic. Mm. Yet the reaction is everyone acts like it only ever happened to them. Now mm-hmm. it is this weird thing where we're like, when we we're together at the start of it. We we're all like, oh, okay, this is a, this is like a world thing. Like it's not just happening in China; it's happening all over the place. And then suddenly, you know, the Delta variant came along. And then in Australia, we suddenly came out of it um, sort of on the other side when everyone got like vaccinated. And suddenly we're in this stage where it's like, it's never going to happen again. And still people, I think even with this new variant, still people are going to pretend like it doesn't happen or Mm. they're going to be forced against their will to do stuff again.
1: I think it depends on what state you live in as well, because yeah. like my family are all in Queensland, and most of them believe that my my brother is an anti vaxxer and believes COVID doesn't exist. He lives in Harvey Bay. He's like, this is a joke. Like there is no such thing as COVID. Like, mm. show me, show me the evidence. Mm. I'm like, um,
2: have you? Where have you been?
1: <laughs>
0: have you seen the the signs, the check in alerts going off? And It's like, mm-hmm. do you because like with Sarah, do you have many family relatives that do? believe that it, it isn't real
3: no none none uh th- thankfully because i don't know how i would deal with that um yeah. <laughs> no thank goodness everyone in my family regardless um which because i mean my parents are divorced and i'd say are kind of far on their political belief spectrum mm. from each other no, no matter what side liberal or conservative or whatever anyone is on they're all you know they've all been vaccinated and they're all fine thank goodness <laughs> yeah i can't
1: i can't say that my family are like that my dad is not vaccinated he believes it's a, mm. uh he yeah he believes that's the government trying to control us as, uh. as does my brother and most of my mother's family yeah. but my mum my mum got vaccinated because i basically told her that i would not visit her if she doesn't get vaccinated yeah um <laughs> but then today with this whole new what 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 is it the called the omicron yeah it's it's the
0: dumbest oh, I name i don't even know this yet <laughs> yeah, isn't it through an... the
3: greek alphabet
2: yeah, it's, or something yeah i
0: think it's like it after is o yeah delta or um, something yeah, so mm-hmm. it's Omicron. Uh, you know, I was expecting like a beta variant, but you know, obviously. Anyway,
1: with today with this new variant, my mom, I was talking to my mum on the phone. Oh, now, obviously, the country Australia has just started to open up. The borders have opened yeah, again. Just International started. borders have opened Gosh. again. Um, all of this stuff is is happening, mm-hmm. and my mum goes to me. Well, you know, this new variant has come out, and I just think it's very convenient for the government that now <laughs> there's a new variant, <laughs> and um, oh, I can and, promise you, it's not pull-
3: convenient. For no, anyone.
1: No, I know. Um, but but this is I'm like she also went and visited my grandmother who lives <laughs> who lives with my mother's brother, who is a complete country bumpkin and yeah. Andy <laughs> Baxter. So I'm like, have you been speaking to Rod because this doesn't sound <laughs> like you? She's like, no, this is my beliefs. So I'm like, okay. Yeah.
0: I I just I feel like it's it's kind of there's partly. I recently had a friend who turned around and basically was organizing a Christmas thing, and they suddenly turned around and said, I'm not coming because, I, you know, I don't want anyone to feel like uncomfortable because I haven't got the vaccine. And I didn't know they weren't getting the vaccine at all until I said this. I was like, I had to be like, why aren't you getting the vaccine? And they would refuse to tell me. What? And hmm. that was fine. I was like, okay, cool. And they were like, but we can do a social distance picnic. And I was like, no, until you are vaccinated, I've got, you know, 60-year-old parents who I like seeing, mm. and if I go to a back into a lockdown, it's just me and my partner and my parents. So it's like I'm not going to introduce any randoms to that who mm. have been, you know, I could then become a
1: carrier. Do you,
3: guys, do you guys not have access to free tests? As in home testing kits? We
1: don't have them for free. I have seen them in The Chemist. Have you? Yeah, I saw some in The Chemist this week. Oh,
3: that's new, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting, because over here um, we don't, I mean, yeah, you can prove that you're vaccinated, but if I'm organizing an event, I just ask everyone to do a home test before they come, and then I don't have to talk about vaccinations with them. Not that I think many of my friends aren't vaccinated, but you know there are a small group of people who can't get vaccinated yeah. for whatever reason yeah um and I wouldn't want to exclude them from anything so I we just get tested beforehand mm. it's so
1: weird though like even like your friend saying let's socially distance picnic well technically they can't do that until the 15th of December yeah. here mm. because where they don't they've not been given the same allowances as everybody else
0: no and it, it it's, i think that you know the thing is they're living in a different world like it's and and I mean this in the politest way because I feel like every time I've seen their Facebook posts they're out and about doing something and I'm like what is what is actually wrong with you do you believe this is a hoax because if you do that that is a big strong uh, confliction
1: for me yeah i i agree like i don't agree with being an anti vaxxer No. at all
0: mm
1: despite having many of them in my family. (laughs) Uh, My brother and I have had many arguments. Anyway, like I don't agree with that. And there's so many arguments about the fact that, well, this is my personal choice. I'm choosing, uh, you know, I, I should be free to choose not to get vaccinated. Sure, that is perfectly fine. If you want to make that choice, make that choice. That Mm. doesn't mean that you should be excluded from all of the rules around that. (laughs) If you don't want to get vaccinated, that's fine. Then if we're in New South Wales like we are here, then that means that you're not allowed to do all the things that the vaccinated people are allowed to do because you haven't been given that right yet. Mm. But they are anti vaxxing and saying, "Well, my freedoms are being taken away from me," and then going out. Like my friend was telling me this morning that he was at a barbecue yesterday, and there was a girl, there was a woman there that was an anti vaxxer but she has photoshopped a vaccination passport so she can go out and do stuff.
3: Oh,
2: like, oh my God.
1: sure, if you want to be an anti vaxxer that's fine, but stick within the rules. Report yeah.
0: her. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I
1: I said the same thing. I don't know her to. Yeah, Sorry. I mean, like, yeah. I think
0: you know because. Before, um, before uh, Danny, before you and Sarah arrived, Tabby and I were talking about it. And, and, and like we were both on the, you know, before the variant of Delta came around, no one was getting the vaccine. Like it was just like, it was not really on the highest. We were all, I remember like my family were going, you know, wait until Pfizer, you know, and that was the consensus, that was the discussion. And eventually it got to the point where it was just like, I had to go into work every day and I was like, okay, I'm going to get the vaccine. And like the first option we had was AstraZeneca. Like it wasn't much like, Hey, you know, you got much option. So we were waiting for Pfizer, AstraZeneca came along. And the first thing that when the Delta variant came along, Emily was like, okay, why don't we get AZ? And I was like, Oh, like, let me talk to my doctor. Let's see how it goes. And the doctor was like, look, probably wait for Pfizer. No stress a few months like a month went that down doctor. I think I think two weeks went on, mm-hmm. and then I called him again, and he was like, "No, get A Z hundred percent don't worry about this anymore like th- this is rampant. this mm-hmm. is yeah. stupid if you don't get it and so I was booked within a GP within like under a week, but it was one of those things that like it was that mentality change, and I had my parents like and I think it's interesting because I messaged my parents straight away before we went back into lockdown, I said, I think this is going to be worse. And they were like, nah, it's probably going to be fine. Mm. And then they were the ones hassling me to get the vaccine. So it was really kind of just, there was no kind of clear answer to anyone's decision to when they get the vaccine or why they get the vaccine. I'm glad I did when I did mm. because it made getting to work easier and, and the fact that they've mandated it at work, they don't employ anyone who yeah. is um, not vaccinated. Great, wonderful. But yeah, it is it is that consensus of just being like, mm be vaccinated, go and see your friends if you want to, but don't be stupid. Like yeah. that's the straight up thing.
1: But, but I mean, for me, like there was never a question in my mind about getting vaccinated. I'm like, this will protect me. Yeah. I will do this. Yeah. Like it was, it was a no-brainer as far yeah. as I was concerned. I didn't, I got AstraZeneca as soon as I could. Like my first mm-hmm. dose was May.
2: Well, I was just telling Marty before that I was not going to get vaccinated, not because I'm an anti vaccine, no way, like, you know, but I just felt Like, I don't know, just, I was a bit worried about how the government was like, if you're under a certain age, don't get AZ. And then all of a sudden when it did become rampant, they were like, get AZ. And I was like, so overwhelmed, you know, I was like, wait, like you literally were just saying, don't get it. And, um, and then I really sat on the fence for a while and I just spoke to people that I trusted that they all had the vaccine or they were all going to get it once they were eligible But um, in that waiting time, I also lost a friend um, over in California to COVID. And when I realized like, you know, how much life he missed out on because he got COVID and he was young, he was in his 30s, I just thought like, okay, as uncomfortable as this is for me, I don't want to like put anything that I don't really know about in my body. You know, Um, I was very uncomfortable, but then I just felt peaceful about it. I was like, "Well, okay, like I'm just going to give this a go, I'll get my first um first Pfizer, got that done. And then I was I got my second Pfizer. And I was so nervous about getting sick, but I didn't get sick, so I was very yeah. very grateful. But um it it took me a little while to warm up to the idea, especially cuz I had some other really strong opinions of do not get it, like you are being um like controlled by the government, manipulated, oh, yeah. like don't mm. do it. And I was like, "Okay, and that, and I was letting their fear mm-hmm. control me. And so it's kind of fu- fu- uh, ironic because their f- fear tactics mm. were stopping me from like being a little bit more um, yeah. Yeah. free and I was able to keep my job as well and I'm able to keep working. So it, it was definitely a good thing. I think it's totally fine to be careful,
3: you know, um, and I think it's only natural that if something comes out onto the medical market so quickly. We're not we're not used to things being approved so quickly and then AstraZeneca was a little bit of a risk just because of all the side effects that it had. So I think you know it's only natural that you'd be a little apprehensive of what it would do to you. Mm. Um it's really interesting to me that you guys had the choice of going in for AstraZeneca because over over here and in Germany as well everything went by a list basically, you know, they kind of sorted everyone by priority. Um
1: Oh, and
2: we had
3: so, that too. Yeah, yeah, but there wasn't any. If you want AstraZeneca, you can go get it.
1: Mm. Oh, I see. Sorry. Mm, we we didn't really we we didn't technically have a, a choice. I don't think no, in, not the not really. in the beginning because it, yeah. it was we it was AstraZeneca only, and we weren't getting Pfizer. Into the country for quite a while, oh, um, but right. also and we wouldn't be getting
2: much of it either. They were saying they were yeah. like we're only going to buy a certain amount of doses,
1: exactly. But the and and we had the um, immunocompromised and or aged population mm. were going first, etc. But then um, the government, I guess, found out about the side effects from AstraZeneca, mm-hmm. mm. which was then then very heavily publicized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So but five but 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 the people that were eligible eligible or in- affected by the AstraZeneca side effects potentially were not really up for vaccination for quite a while anyway mm-hmm. because we mm-hmm. didn't reach the that age bracket. Yeah. It wasn't until the Delta variant came out that the co- government was like actually if you can get it, go and get it. Yeah. But then right. it, so it was a go and get it if you can get if you can, but the damage was already done with the bad publicity mm. about the um about the AstraZeneca. So people had the choice in that they could wait for Pfizer to come, but yeah. it wasn't a you can have AstraZeneca or you can have Pfizer, whatever whichever is your preference.
2: I know that one of the things that I was really concerned for, cause like, you know. Like I was just gushing over Marty, you know, talking about having kids earlier. <laughs> like I want to have kids. And I started hearing that, you know, you can't have kids once you've got vaccinated like it plays with your uh fertility oh, and I had to do my own research about that and the research mm. outcome was actually the Australian government won't pass anything if it plays around with fertility
3: there's also no history of any vaccine ever interfering with fertility that's that's just not how vaccines work
2: oh I didn't know that no that's yeah, just no, not that's how so they work
3: <laughs> that's it, that's just one of one of the one, one of those conspiracy theory things that's an anti-vaxxer tactic. Yeah. We now
1: obviously live in a world where the internet and every, exists, and people go to Doctor Google, and unfortunately, <laughs> oh, Dr. well, obviously, um, algorithms work in such a way yeah. that mm-hmm. it re- that that it will push in front of you what you have previously searched. So the algorithms reinforce your bias against. Or for something anyway. Yeah. Or what so, you talk
2: about, they listening. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah. we
1: we live in a society where everyone is like, well, I can just Google this and do my. Do my own oh, research yeah, yeah. rather than actually going and speaking to a doctor and saying, Hey, you know my medical history. Yeah. What is your advice? And that's yeah. what my mum did. She's like, I've done my own research. I'm like, what's your fucking research? Sorry, can I ask? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <absolutely>. I'm like, <laughs> what's your fucking research? Oh, PhD She's now. like, oh well, I saw it on YouTube. She's <laughs> uh, like, yeah. I saw it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. well, not, YouTube put that in research. front of you. No, I know. No. But but that is what that is how people think. I know. And and I know that from because I have so many friends in the UK as well. The messaging, both in the UK and here from our government, has been so confusing mm. and um, contradictive to each other mm. that people have just been confused about what they should and shouldn't do.
3: I mean, the UK government has been complete shit this entire time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
3: oh, I feel like we shouldn't laugh at that because it's so sad. Like.
0: I do, but, but I mean, like, it's also,
2: it's funny in a tragic yeah, kind yeah, of way. Yeah. If I mean, you don't laugh about it, you cry about yeah, it. Right? Yeah.
0: Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, it, it, it just. <laughs> it just goes to show also that it's not, you know, like, you know, what was it when all the, uh, the country leaders, you know, were in a room together and it's like you've got Biden, you've got like uh, Boris Johnson and you've got <laughs> Scott Morrison and it's just like what the bumpkins all together, three stooges. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and it really
0: does, it feels a lot like that because mm. like, yeah, Boris Johnson and Scott Morrison are the biggest, biggest idiots who have ever run countries. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, back then it was fucking Trump as well, not yeah, Biden. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It was Trump. So it was like, you know, you just watch these dumbass grown men and you just go, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why have you collectively ruined the world? Um, but yeah, they seem fine with it and they seem, you know, but also you've got to laugh at the fact that, you know, there, there's great videos like them forgetting their lines or, you know, Scott Morrison saying China instead of like... <laughs> Uh, Other shit, and it's just like, and then Boris Johnson completely forgetting what he was reading, and then talking about Peppa Pig.
3: I think the see the thing is Boris Johnson and a lot of other politicians belong to such an elite group where whatever rules they give to the general public or don't give to the general public, whatever happens to the general public doesn't apply to them in any way because Mm. they'll just pay for private healthcare and a private jet. And whatever Mm -hmm. it is, you know, they just get their own stuff. They're completely like taking themselves out of the normal, just the way that society works. And so what's happened in the UK is that the government has stopped caring. They've stopped Mm -hmm. assuming any responsibility about COVID whatsoever since July this year. So what, five months ago?
0: Yeah. There have been
3: no rules around COVID. They've left everything up to the businesses themselves. For all. Um, nice. They've, yeah, they've, they that people don't talk about COVID in the media here, but there's no there's no news coverage anymore. It's as if it doesn't exist. It's so surreal. But
0: there are a lot of channels that you you know I have to look specifically into UK news to find stuff about COVID. But even there's a journalist I know. Um, that works um, at my work and he lives in the UK and he even says like half the time it's really hard to get some people to talk about it because they just <clears throat> yeah ever since they got the vaccine and stuff or, or just even before then it was just like people are just so reluctant like it was a very reluctant mm-hmm. thing um and I don't know if that's like English pride or you know oh, it's European yeah, pride just
3: the way that the as a foreigner living here one of the main things that I notice about this country is how the the sense of national pride that isn't based on anything like current, it's completely based on colonization and things that happened 50 to 100 years ago, Mm. um, with no critical perspective on things. They've just been told their country was so great that they keep longing for the good old days yeah that yeah. they don't realize ever existed in that way because they weren't really all good old days um but yeah that's that's what's going on in this country is that you know i mean not obviously not most of the younger generation because they didn't actually witness any of it mm. um but so much of this country's way of of thinking is based on all of that past stuff that they don't think about the future. This country looks back longingly rather than looking forward and <laughs> I trying mean, to progress.
1: I don't feel like
0: Australia is any different. No, no,
3: <laughs> I
0: a hundred percent.
3: I mean, they come from the same ancestors. So. Well,
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, look, like with anything, obviously, there's generations that need to die out for mm. stuff to. To change, so
3: yeah, but we
1: still have geriatrics running the country with their own views. Mm-hmm. So I,
0: I think it's just it, its almost like anyone under, like, essentially anyone under, um, you know, fifty is really not respected, and and mm. like you know, the thing is like when you when you meet kids or you meet young adults. Mm. Some of them, yes, are dumb as shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but some of them are really hyper aware and mm-hmm. the ones that are hyper aware are the ones that we should also be listening to. Like we should be mm-hmm. listening to the people who understand
1: the world and how it should function.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or yeah, at
1: least, 100%. Yeah. But unfortunately, um, and I can't, I don't know if I believe this about the UK as well from living there for such a long time, but <laughs> I <laughs> kind of feel like Australia specifically, we live in a, a country where you are put down, your beliefs and your dreams or whatever are kind of quashed faster than they are uh, elevated up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, and it, it's, you've got to really like bang and bang and bang and bang until someone goes, okay, fine, yes, mm. you're right. Rather than, you know what, that's a really interesting point. Let's explore that. It's, yeah, 100%. It's, it's yeah. A, a tall poppy syndrome. It's like, cut you down big here in Australia. In Australia things. it is. Yeah. Cut you down before it's, okay, you might have a point. Mm-hmm. And I do think that the UK is a little bit like that as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah, But I just feel like that's what Australia is like. But I kind of wanted to go back to the point that Sarah said about um, the fact that it's not reported on anymore and that the government isn't really mm. um, kind of taking action I'm a little bit of the opinion that we really should just fucking move on with our lives a little bit more. Yeah, like, I, I guess, uh, admittedly, Australia is way ahead the UK in the vaccination mm-hmm. status now, um, but I don't know. I, I just we've been in this merry-go-round of mm. lockdown, not, it's not lockdown. Not a very merry, no. <laughs> no, no. We've been in this situation of. Unhappy go round. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So just just your general merry-go-round. Yeah. For so long. Yeah. Like there there is uh, my profession is I'm a cha- I'm an organizational change manager. Yeah. So there oh. is only so much um that leadership can do. Yeah. Before people need to take responsibility oh, yeah. of mm. just mm. life and stuff. Be independent. The government yeah. has said this is what is expected yeah. like sure like in the uk it's, it's on the business to enforce whatever which i think really should be the situation because yeah. they, i think it, it should be on businesses and and people to be like you know what i want to i'm going to do the right thing i'm going to wear a mask i'm going to socially distance etc mm-hmm. etc cetera, et cetera. and if you don't and you die that's your fault i'm
3: yeah. really sorry but i couldn't disagree more <laughs> 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 so and 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 here's why okay i'm watching what happens in the UK, I'm watching what happens in Germany. I can't speak for what's happening in Australia. Um, mm. The the difference largely has been that the German government is giving a lot of very clear messaging and only messaging that is backed by science, um, as opposed to the government here very early on letting go of any responsibility and saying, let common sense rule, and it is not working. The, yeah. We see in Germany that the government is enforcing and introducing guidelines that work, right? Whenever you enter most businesses, a restaurant or an event, you have to prove that you're vaccinated or you've had COVID and recovered from it, or that you've had a test in the past 24 hours. In some things, you have to prove two out of three. And that has been very successful in keeping infection rates down. As opposed to in this country, nothing is happening. We're leaving everything up to people and people are stupid and selfish. Mm. We, we just are, myself included, you know, mm. some, some more than others. But we all as a species are selfish and stupid. And so people have just been going on about their day as though COVID doesn't exist. And what we're seeing in this country is that since June, infection rates have been 40,000 people a day. Of getting COVID if you go on the World Health Organization website where you can see all the you know Mm. facts (laughs) and it's not being reported and it just it's driving me nuts because it's so easy in Germany it's so easy you have access to vaccines you have access to a pass that shows that you've you've recovered from COVID and you have access to cheap tests they had access to free tests for a really long time they've stopped doing free tests now that vaccines are so wildly available um, but you can still get tests for like five quid. It's not a huge mm. expense. Um, and it's it's so easy. And that's what drives me crazy is that it is so easy to just live by those rules. And it's not just Germany. Austria does it as well, for example, um, that keep numbers down really effectively and that really help in making everybody be safe. You don't even like if you if you don't want to get vaccinated, you don't have to. You just have to take a test. It takes ten minutes.
1: You know, yeah, sure. it's really
3: no. not it's really not a big thing. And people act as though we are asking them to change their whole lives. You know, wear a mask and get a test. It's not a huge deal. And also, I'm sorry, I'm almost done. The reason that I <laughs> disagree the the reason that I disagree with let them die is that it doesn't just affect them. If you yeah. have COVID and you don't get tested and you carry it around, you are spreading it. And there are people who can't get vaccinated because they have cancer or whatever it is, you know, really severe asthma, whatever for whatever reason they can't get vaccinated. And those people are putting those people at risk out because they're selfish and stupid. <laughs> you
0: I, know? I 100% agree with that. I, I mean also like I, it's funny because I'm I like I'd love to watch the world burn sometimes, Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely 100% love to watch the world burn, uh, mostly due to its stupidity. But I think also, yeah, there's like, it, it, if you've got massive health issues, if you've got stuff, it's just the more, the people that I would happily see die are the people who have nothing wrong with them, who are going out there infecting other people and being absolutely selfish. They're the ones I'm happy for them to drop dead. But... yeah. <coughs>
3: But, but sadly, I mean, like, it's not just them that it affects.
0: No, and it and it and it doesn't. And I feel, I I don't know. Like we had we had a case last year in the building, and you oh. know, and but you know, the consensus, and I've had it at work as well. And the consensus is everyone must know who it is. What to victim blame them for <laughs> something that they couldn't control, no. and that's fucked. Because I feel like the people who have done the right thing. Absolutely. All, all for you, you know, like, you know, and, and the fact that now people have gone back to this attitude of don't help anyone, fend for yourself, um, which was like pre-pandemic, was a prime example, um, you know, you go to venues and then suddenly everyone's just happy to cough and sneeze Ugh. starting again. It's like, what is, you know, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. And they
2: don't cover their mouths. They don't <laughs> cover their
0: mouths. Like people just cough and sneeze and then touch things and I'm like, mm. what is wrong with you? You know, we have had so many signs fucking everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, Scannings, vaccines. Yeah. Like, I feel sorry for businesses, absolutely, because they were caught, you know, when the vaccine roller happened and they were mandatory to get vaccine, uh, you know, like, there was a whole bunch of interviews where they were like, oh, do you want to mandate it? And they were like, "Uh, yeah, you know, but I also don't want to lose fucking customers. Like... Mm. That's, uh, yeah, well, that's points. a
3: problem. The The reason why leaving it up to businesses doesn't work is because businesses have had a really terrible 18 months financially and to enforce masks or vaccination status is, is to lose customers. Yeah. Um, And because we live in a capitalist society, most businesses opt to not do that because they can't afford to.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, it's to the point of, like, I think the government can, like, and I don't want to you know put everyone down in a, sad mood or anything but I feel like the government don't or, you the,
1: don't you. yeah I do a bit
0: <laughs> but I, I feel like the government is going to turn around and just go you know what fuck it if if you want to die mm-hmm. die like and, and I feel like that is the point where it's just like what was it it's, a um, the, the, it's such a cop out and, the, and this happened with like other plagues and stuff where they just basically was like the rich went and hid behind things and doors and they went you know what the peasants if they drop dead, <laughs> not our problem. Yeah. Mm. And and essentially it, it is also incredibly ignorant to say and blame it on just you know the, just the Chinese align because oh, yeah. the Chinese oh. people didn't want it.
3: Oh, yeah. and also they were the most successful at fighting it. We should, we should like take an example of how they did it because they got rid of it so quickly. Yeah, how the hell, the hell did footage, they do that? Because the, the rest of the world I mean, hasn't managed to do that.
0: The, the footage, <laughs> the, the also downside of the Chinese government is they're not exactly the most honest of people. Mm. Well, um, no, that's true. But it, it is a lot of like, you know, I remember the footage coming out and they were like welding people to door. You know, like. I
3: mean, yeah, let's not do that. I'm not, I'm not trying to romanticize that. I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> no, I, I 100% agree. Like, I agree, but it's just like you've, you've got that angle mm-hmm. as well. It's like, you know, I don't think, I don't think there's a clear solution. Yeah. I think this is a long game of, you know, the next 10 years.
3: Yeah. See, it's when, it's when we say, um, you know, we should we should go about our lives. I completely agree, but I think the only way to go about our lives is to live with the virus, and yes. that doesn't mean ignoring it. Yeah,
1: and that's definitely what I meant before. I didn't yeah. – I by no means kind of meant – um, everybody should fend for themselves. That wasn't, I guess, what I was saying. But like, no, a, Sorry, again, maybe I'm
3: touchy because that's what's
1: happening. <laughs> <here>. <laughs> look, we've, we've, Australia is now, I think, what, we're 85%? No, I thought it was 90 the other day or is, like, is it 80 For
2: vaccination rates? For, I think it's up to
1: 95%. For, no, for, really? oh, for the country, not oh, for, for the New country. South Wales. Oh, no, right. no, oh, yeah. for the, sorry, I don't look at the country that stats. Would be, that would be <laughs>
3: incredibly <laughs> impressive.
1: Our country is currently at 85 86.7% fully, fully vaccinated. Wow. Well, this is why I said before it's different in the in Australia than it is in the UK mm. because you guys are only at 67%. Uh-huh.
3: And it's not going up anymore. That's it. Right. That no one's getting vaccinated anymore.
1: Okay. Well, our government obviously dealt with it in a, in a, in a very different way. Um, the states that are not as vaccinated as like New South Wales and Melbourne, etc., haven't really felt the effects of covid they haven't no. been locked down they haven't they haven't had any of that type of stuff mm. so what i kind of meant before of we about i'll speak for australia only is we yeah. need to get to a point where we we learn to live with covid i don't you know it's it is reported on if you want to see it you like i follow the new south wales health mm. um on twitter and instagram so i see the stats every day and i see things um i see different posts about you know what the, what the statistics are but our country is now almost at 90% fully vaccinated.
2: Mm.
1: This new variant has come out and immediately the government goes, right, everybody has to isolate when they come in Mm. on flights again. So (laughs) the knee jerk reactions from our country at this point, every single time something happens is what really fucking frustrates me because Mm -hmm. we are now nearly 90% vaccinated. We have to learn like the country has suffered financially from not having tourism from not having international mm-hmm. students yeah. from not having all of this stuff and if we're going to continue every time there is potentially a new variant every time that there is a new mm. outbreak to go oh we've had five people have covid in sydney that's yeah. it we're, we're locking mm-hmm. down again like we can't we, we, can, we, we yeah. can't live in this constant state no we can't
0: we 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 can't and and i feel like it's the government's Complete responsibility to go. Okay, well, we need to make a full. You know, we need to make a long term plan. But but this
1: is just it. They did. They did. They did. They released what the numbers were and what that all meant. Yeah. Yeah. When we hit these, when we hit eighty percent, everything's basically back to normal, and we can have people coming in. There's no caps. Blah blah blah. Now something else has come up, and it's another. Yeah. yeah, it's another. It's like right, okay, we're 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 changing the rules again.
3: It's hard because apparently this new virus is completely immune to our vaccinations. So then the question is, what do you do? Because if if an eighty percent vaccination, which is impressive and like really great, um, but if that does nothing,
1: yeah. what do you do? But I mean, if not to, I, I'm not a scientist by any means. I don't know anything about that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like I cannot speak about that. But like. The flu mutates every single year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the flu virus and the flu vaccination that I get every single year doesn't work next year because the flu mutates every yeah. single year.
3: And it, and it's a different one every every year, yeah.
1: Exactly. So I'm not by any means deme- diminishing the complexity of COVID or the, the scale of how quickly it can be transmitted. But at the same time... This is what viruses do. If somebody has HIV, they can become mm. immune to a drug Be- because that's just what happens with diseases. So, yeah. like, we know that this stuff happens and what happens is scientists yeah. go, right, wow, well, we need to work on this new mutation. This is what we do. Yeah, we can't fucking lock down the entire world. Every single yeah, time yeah, like, there is a new mutation.
3: Well, <laughs> Otherwise, we're all
1: just going to be living in our own little boxes forever.
3: Yeah, I know. It's, but again, it's hard when, you know, so few people die of the flu, but so many people die of COVID is what, you know, and F- Pfizer have said they're doing a new, they're, you know, amending the vaccine and they'll be able to have one that's um, effective against this virus within 180 days. And then obviously on top of those 180 days, it actually needs to be produced and distributed. But um, the, the problem is, so that's what, another year? until we all have access to the vaccine that combats the current (laughs) mutation. And then by the time we have access to that, there'll be another mutation. And so, you know, by just letting everyone travel internationally again, it's just we know that there will be more mutations. And then if we don't have any really strict restrictions, we know that we're spreading those mutations and it's just going to keep going.
0: It it also, in a way... Sort of puts people under boxes, and and I do agree with that statement that you you know Danny that you're saying about you know like forcing people to stay in one spot. Absolutely, I think as a you know as a species we we have evolved to this point where air travel and and travel was so easy that now it's virtually impossible. Yeah, and I think the downside is like yeah, people should be able to like if they're moving. Absolutely go overseas. But I mean, like, to the point... Like, I remember one of my friends lost his father last year Mm. and couldn't get overseas in time. Got an exemption because he was really ill, but by the time he got to the airport and stuff, it was too late and his Mm. father had obviously passed away. But I mean, for that regard, like, you know, there is just, like, the fact that, you know, our politicians and stuff are able to move around so freely... Oh, yeah. ...and have that have that fucking freedom versus everyone else. It's like, well, if this wasn't going to spread that fast, then don't have things like G20 or, you know, the G7 or whatever just randomly happen. Like, stay home, do it over Zoom. Like, I
3: completely agree. Surely the rules should apply to everyone. Mm-hmm. But
0: it, it, the problem is that to lock this down hard and fast, it doesn't. Like, I remember I remember, like, you know, Anastasia Palagé was in Japan for the Tokyo Olympics. And I was like, why the fuck are you exempt? Mm. Like what? Because Brisbane gets 2032. Like th- that made no sense to me. Mm. Birmingham has got, I think, the, the Winter Olympics or the Commonwealth Games or something like that coming up soon. Um, and so there's going to be like contestants flying into the, you know, but these things don't stop. They don't seem to go, well, put sports on hold. Mm-hmm. Like sports were exempt. Like sports were 100% exempt. And, it, and that to me just goes, well, why don't we support local teams that are in New South Wales or in local areas in London? Let's just get them doing that stuff in our own stadium like, and, and completely transmit it so that no one has to attend. Money. Yeah, 100% money. It's 100% capitalism, money. And I, I'm with you, Sarah. I am hundred percent with you because I, I I have as much hatred for um for the, most of the world government than <laughs> you know than things, but I, I feel like it it just goes to you know like the fact that in Australia we had all our state premiers fighting hmm. and and you know like there's these memes now of Dan Daniel Andrews coming out in 50 years and still going oh you know, just another week of lockdown <laughs> like when he was going through his worst period and hilarious yeah. it is for him. The stress going through his head every day was would have been nightmarish. Mm. And, you know, like Melbourne's been hit the hardest in Australia,
1: but yeah. <clears throat> the funny thing is it has been hit the hardest in Australia, but they were so lax on the laws, on their rules when they were not in lockdown. Yes. So like they were dancing and partying in clubs the entire time. Yeah, If 100%. they weren't locked down, then they were allowed to go and dance in the club.
0: They, and they went out the day of freedom, everyone went out 7 a.m. to have a beer. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I don't know, I'm just reaching. I mean, just like everybody else. Oh, I'm did just, you
3: guys have Freedom Day too?
0: Uh, we we only in... What was our Freedom Day? We got picnics. Oh yeah. Everyone was allowed to do picnics for Freedom Day. Um, <laughs> and even then, I'm like... <laughs> I'm with you, Danny. I'm over it. I'm just so coveted out. Yeah. I think everybody is, right? Everybody is. Yeah,
3: we all are. (laughs) But yeah, but this is I think that's what it's just I'd rather if it if it has to be that way, I'd rather be locked down for a year and then be rid of it. Yeah. To (laughs) keep going through this cycle of locking down for six weeks and then back to normal and then there's a new mutation and then we don't know what to do and then I just (sighs) You know, at least if it's, mm. if it's an actual lockdown for a year, I know what's happening. I yeah. Can, you know, mentally prepare.
0: <laughs> I mean, Stock up. I think it's also like it's, it's a real, like the subsidies and, and, you know, just the fact that, you know, like the company that I work for had to apply for JobKeeper. Like it, it, media itself was mm. at risk mm. as well of losing you know, like becoming in debt because there was no revenue. There was no, you know, they couldn't get the guests that they normally get, which mm. create a bunch of revenue. Mm. Like they couldn't get the infomercials and stuff. So they'd be repeating old ads. Mm. And so suddenly it, it just affected every little milestone to the point where it's like, I don't know if I'm going to have a job. Mm. Everyone's really worried about their job security. And people were going, oh, yeah, but you're in a stable company. It was like, yeah. not as not that stable. like. Yeah you know, everything had to be thought about. And, you know, at that point, like I was living here on my own. So I only had me as a financial supporter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I could have moved back to my parents, but I feel like, you know, the ability to just go, okay, well, you know, there are still people out there who now that, you know, JobKeeper and stuff is taken away. It's gone. Like, you know, or it's not an option, or that people took it for granted as well. They just went, I'm earning more than I actually would have earned in my entire, like, fucking week. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it was what, like
1: 900 bucks or something like that? It was a fair amount. I
2: think it was six. Was it 600?
1: Yeah, it wasn't as high as that, I don't think. I
2: but. think it was about 600. But yeah. there
1: definitely were people earning more money than what yeah. they were. Yeah, like, and all. they
2: were loving life. Mm. Yeah. And you see it on the internet. Uh, yeah, but then, but
1: then there were people, like, that got, this is the... <laughs> this is the thing that really annoyed me. Like people that were collecting government paychecks and not working, yeah, got extra money. It's like, well, they were already surviving. Why are we paying more money for these people to not work?
0: Yeah, and it's and I feel like also you know, in just in terms of the arts, it was completely sidelined. It was mm. completely like,
1: yeah, but we don't need a pandemic for the arts to be sidelined. No, <laughs>
0: so, um, you know, the fact that. I mean, like, you know, Danny, you and I um, created, you know, like created our podcast basically out of the pandemic in a way because it gave us more time. But we were quite fortunate because both of us at the time of the pandemic had jobs, you know, that we did go to. And, you know, like, you know, Tabby, you were working at a restaurant Mm -hmm. and then basically left. And then how long were you unemployed for?
2: Oh, um, only a few weeks.
0: And then you were fine during the pandemic though? Y- yeah yeah
2: wait which which one
0: the, the,
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> the first, one. first one and the second one <laughs> well it's okay. all been one pandemic yeah. we're still in it yeah, yeah it's like just the
2: waves. the waves yeah um no so i the first one i was able to work through the yeah. lockdown because i was at a cafe so we were doing a lot of takeaway uh, yeah, very yeah. quiet though super quiet and then um after the lockdown kind of lifted we my boss sold the store yeah, and I actually got another job at a childcare as a cook there for one or two nice. days a week. So that was a really good kind of fallback for yeah. you know the months following, and then the, the like little northern beaches yeah. wave that happened where I was part of that lockdown. Um, and then yeah, I've just especially with this last lockdown, I haven't. I've I've worked through it all. I've got like five jobs right now. So oh,
1: that's wow. great. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, the last lockdown. I yeah, my contract was terminated so oh, fuck. towards yeah. towards the end. So yeah, um, yeah, I finished mm-hmm. end of October and I still don't have a job yet. So yeah. but I worked for a university and they, you know, all the international students couldn't come aren't yeah
0: mm-hmm.
1: here, so they've like university has been hit so hard financially. Mm-hmm.
0: So how's it? How's the um voice acting going for you, Sarah? Is that being substantial?
3: Thank you. Yeah, actually, um. I'm obviously self-employed, and I do my own thing, and so being self-employed, you know, it fluctuates. Um, also, it seasonally fluctuates, so November has been by far my most lucrative month. Um with just out of nowhere because, you know, Christmas and Christmas commercials and stuff, um, mm. where I'm expecting January and February to be super quiet. Um, mm. But no, it's going really well, actually. Thank you. But I mean... I'm in an incredibly privileged position. So when the pandemic hit, I used to um, make my money, you know, aside from my kind of acting career um, as a fitness instructor. And that obviously completely halted because there weren't any gyms and classes Mm -hmm. happening anymore. but I have um, a boyfriend who has a stable job that he's kept throughout the entire pandemic. And so he's kept us afloat while I've been building my voiceover business. Um, you know, But I ba- basically just had a year of making very little money, which in mm. the, in real world terms would be making losses. <laughs> if it had just been me, I would have been making losses for a year before I started making an income. But these past four months, I've actually made enough money that, I could live on. Um, so, thank you. Yeah, it's going well.
0: I mean, nice. Uh, I mean, that's also something I think you should invest in doing, Danny, as well. Like doing voice, voice stuff, because you'd be quite good at it. You've got a very soothing voice.
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I don't think I have the breath control for, um, <laughs> for voiceover. Um, I've, I've tried to record some, voice, some demos <laughs> a couple of times. I'm like... <laughs> 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 and the fact that I need to, like, clear my throat every five seconds doesn't really help. No. <laughs> but you've got a very... Like,
0: it. it's the thing is most people have a soothing voice. Like, um, and I, I feel like voice acting is one of the things that actually has survived the pandemic because it is so isolating um and you are in a booth um just just you and i mean in terms of that also i think what you you know like danny um sarah um you don't know but like danny's been doing this podcast called actors making it um for the last year and and i feel like that's also really shined a light on things that were problematic about the industry as a whole
3: Mm -hmm. and
0: how capitalist views on the industry were because i feel like you know you you've interviewed like various different people from various different backgrounds which is a huge huge deep and like um that's like amazing but i I mean also like it really eye opens people to the whole fact that making it in general is a it's a facade (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and I also noticed, like, from, you know, you being on the podcast last time to being here now, the way you talk about things is ve- very different. Like, has that also kind of made, you know, like, jaded you by meeting so many people? Or has it inspired you in a different way to kind of, like, reflect on how different people have approached
1: different things? Um, I think given that most of what the podcast or the the goal of the podcast is to kind of give Give actors a sense of comfort that they're not the only people experiencing the rejection and the mm. waiting around and mm. the not and the mental health um, issues that come with acting so I think while I knew that, I think by speaking to people <laughs> that that other people would consider very successful yeah to hear their stories about what they go through has been humbling and has made me, I guess, be a little bit more realistic about the kind of situation. Um, Like this week's guest, Tim Pocock, his first film ever was X-Men Origins. He was young Cyclops. And Mm. then then he went into a, a main role on Dance Academy and then another role in Camp. Like he has experienced the highs of being an actor. But between those... He's been eating noodles and, yeah. like, struggling working in bars. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, really interesting. Like, uh, um, I don't know if you listened to this week's episode, but he basically worked in a cinema, an event cinemas, and, and he got this gig, at X-Men Origins, couldn't tell anybody about it. Mm. Then came back after finishing, came back to the cinema to just continue working and earning a living, and he had... Like, put all the posters up for the film and he was on the poster. <laughs> but here he was working in the cinema, still wow. needing to earn money, putting a With poster the, up. It's like, oh, you know how I went out? Well, yeah, this, this is the thing that I did.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's a, that, that was the thing. I worked in a theater for three years and most of them were working actors. Like, they were, you know, bar staff, mm. they were baristas, you know, and that's the thing. That's what the life I knew was. Mm. So, you know, like, I'm all for people who can make that their full-time job like you know amazing i'd love to suddenly be a creative 100 percent of the time Mm. but i guess it was also drilled into me as a kid you know that by my mother of all people (laughs) just to be like have a secondary or have a main job that is continuously financing you because the idea to step into the freelance world Mm. especially with the pandemic as well it just kind of goes okay shit how do I compartmentalize and actually keep going through this when I know that months will go by mm. where I don't have any work? And I could be like, oh, shit. Um, it's it's like how often is the break for you, Sarah, between like actual gig of voice work and then like, you know, a couple of months of dry spell?
3: It's not really ever months of dry spell. Um, there are months where I have like one one gig a week maybe and then there are months like this month where it's – three or four. Um, that's which good. Which that's that, you know, that doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> to
1: Australians, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, th- to you, we get one a month, if that. One a month. i would be lucky if I get a fucking audition once every three months. Wow.
3: But to be fair, you say voice acting. I do like corporate voiceovers, right? Like I do like commercials and e-learning stuff. And I very much view voiceover work as my money Job, which it's it's still creative, and I know that's a super privileged position. But my kind of career focus is still on acting in musical theatre, and in terms of that, it has been so quiet. And yeah. it doesn't. I mean, it helps that I don't have to, you know, work shifts at a cafe anymore. I like I completely recognize the privilege of that. But mindset-wise, nothing's really changed about the way I approach acting in musical theatre um, through my voiceover work on the side I yeah. mean
0: the also the also thing that you know you're quite fortunate about is you are bilingual so that would mm-hmm. open up because mm-hmm. yeah like Sarah's part German so it's like you oh. know
3: oh actually n- 99% of the work I do in voiceover is in German
0: okay so oh, there, wow. you, th- th- there you go so it's like you're you know whereas the English one percent mm. That's more few and far between, isn't it?
3: Oh yeah, no. Um the English the English speaking voiceover market is so much more saturated just because there are so many more countries, um, that speak English. Mm. And um yeah, because everything gets produced in English first except for mangas and Japanese things anime. Um that it's much more, much more competitive, I would say, if you're an English speaker than if you're a German speaker. Yeah, 100%. Oh,
1: here I was thinking that when I moved to London next year, I could get a voiceover career <laughs> going to, helps, to help fund me rather than. Uh... And
3: having a native Australian accent will likely put you at an advantage for that, absolutely, um, as opposed to kind of people who are, you know, RP or British regional accent. That could be a huge yeah. advantage. Yeah.
1: The minute I'm living there, I will sound very British. Oh, really? It just happens? (laughs) Yeah. Because I've been listening to Sarah so long, I can feel... The, 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 the British, the British start to seep in now.
0: I think. The, I think the thing I love about your voice, Sarah, is it doesn't quite sound British, but it also doesn't quite sound German. Oh, I just assumed you're British.
2: Yeah, I, I thought she was
3: British. <laughs> no, she's
0: so it's, I'm Sorry. Um, give <laughs> them you, some fluent British German, people can tell Sarah. The difference. <laughs> like, give them some fluent. Give us, give us a sentence in German, and they'll be surprised.
3: Oh, um, hello. My name is Sarah, and I find it's schön here by you on podcast to be to There
0: you go. That's like, I I think the thing that I've heard enough of Sarah's like German voice. <laughs> <to be> like, <laughs> oh, she, uh, so I'm used to it. But I mean, like, it's also interesting because I feel like, you know, with the three of us, you know, because we do have Australian accents and we do have that cultured Australian accent. So it's like you go overseas and it sort of sounds a bit more probably British or posh or mm-hmm. at least, uh, you know, RP. Then you know if you like, get a mate, how you going? Kind mm. of thing, and then Ooh. everyone's like, "Oh, well, that's right." Yeah. A lot of people just assume I'm British and I've lived in Australia for a long time. I think yeah, British. But, but you know, people are like people all the time think I'm British
1: as well. Like it's just really, yeah, 100. i That's That's surprising. <laughs> <laughs> You're lying. Who thinks that? <laughs> <laughs> people do, and it's really kind of fucking.
0: It's it's so funny because one of my best friends at work is is British, and every time I, um he's like. F- f- probably like the Cockney end of London, mm-hmm. like um, North London. Essex. And he just, whenever I speak to him, I'm just like, he's like, hey, governor, hey you go," And I was just like, fuck.
1: <laughs> do people actually say governor? No, no, no. I do to him, right, no. It's okay. like a, in reality, governor no does. <laughs> hmm. So but I've it, been told like, um, so I, I did live in the UK for eight years mm. and nobody ever thought I was Australian. Like I lived in Manchester I, and everybody from Manchester thought that I was from down south really uh, interesting yeah um
3: i mean yeah you all do sound australian to me but yeah. <laughs> it is a very clear australian you know like mm. it's very very well spoken and quite neutral and i can see what danny means by you know when you live in a place for a little while you start adapting yeah. um, i can see that i have an i have an australian friend who's from adelaide and he sounds british
1: oh yeah adelaide South Australia have very posh accents. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Although they it's
0: funny because they haven't got a great city. It's very, like, small and
1: tiny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, w- I was told – so I'm based, I'm moving to London in October next year and I have been told that the that Australians don't do particularly well. Really? That if you don't have a strong British accent, it's difficult to, to do well.
3: Interesting. I think it's gotten much more open-minded um, with – you know gender blind casting and then racially blind casting i think there also comes a greater openness for accents especially in theatre i can't speak to tv because i think tv is still very much box casting um and if if you're going if you're going to go in for a tv role it likely will be an australian role it's it is for me i'm always up for the german and it's frustrating but that's just that's just how TV works over here. Um, yeah. that's yeah. why I,
1: that's why that's why I really need to make sure my English accent is on point when I get there. So everyone yeah. just thinks yeah. I'm a British person that is moving back from Australia.
2: You'll have to devote, like days <laughs> to like practicing your accent. I know when I was learning my American accent last year, I would go to work at the cafe and I would speak from the moment I woke up in my <laughs> American accent, and then I would go straight through to the night and, Going how, to sleep.
0: How is it now? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, oh, I, there's so many different ways. Like, I, I have like, I play around with the southern a lot, and I accidentally, you know, I don't know. Like, I haven't practiced much at all, yeah. and um, and you can tell in this performance right now. <laughs> but then, like, I have my other friends, and like. They're really good in their accents. Yeah. But, yeah, you should definitely practice. I haven't been practicing. I've been naughty.
1: I I do do practice different things uh, all the time. Um, Good way to practice, I recently started uh, reading on a platform called We Audition. And Mm. so I'm basically helping people do their self-tapes all the time. But it's predominantly people in L.A. and Vancouver. So Mm. I'm effectively going into an American accent every day to Mm. read for people and it's gotten a lot easier to just kind of like Slip into the accent, which is yeah. nice.
3: That's cool. I think the main piece of advice I'd give you is: yeah, practice your accents so you can sound as British as possible, but also lean into keeping your Australian accent alive, because it. No matter what you do, it will likely be something you will be called in for. Um, and if you can, if you can start there, then that's an advantage.
0: I'm, I mean, also like my friend Maddie, who's now in Shanghai, she like when I met her, had a strong American accent, like a strong New York accent. And uh, when you found out she was born in Australia, lived here until she was 19, and has only ever heard in her own ear that she has an Australian accent... She finally listened to her first episode of the podcast, and she just wrote a message to me and said, "Fuck me, I sound American." <laughs> I was like, "You've never realized this, but it's <laughs> it's so true. like you you do lose that sense, like, and now she's mostly cast because she's worked on Disney Cruise lines for years. Mm. so and because they drill it into you, they have to have the Disney voice and the Disney yeah. accent. She sounds like a
1: Disney princess now. It's just automatic. I mean, there's worse ways yeah. to sound.
3: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: I have to. Uh, I've got an audition on Sunday, actually, for two parts in a in an Oscar Wilde play. Oh, Oscar cool. Wilde! I have to do British RP for that. Really need to practice this week. I mean,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think it's also like. You know, voices were always a thing that I loved as a kid. So I'd I'd reenact you know people's voices and mm-hmm. just copy and paste them into my vocab. And now, like um, you know, one that I keep pulling out is Roz from Monsters Inc., which apparently, oh my God. like, yeah, I, your keep, I do on, Roz. I do Roz. Okay. <laughs> Mike Wazowski. Oh my God. <laughs> 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 you haven't done your paperwork.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good.
3: <laughs> Although your Ros is Australian. <laughs> yeah, 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 you just
1: went Aussie down.
0: Aussie. But I mean, like, can you, I think it's also like, you know, half the time when I'm in front of the TV now, I'll sit down with Emily and we'll just, I'll start copying the accents and the show. And we watched Eurovision today. Oh my like God. Like Will Ferrell and. Rachel McDonald. Oh, which
1: I yeah. uh, sorry I love Danny's reaction of rolling eyes I hate Will Farrell I, 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 I hate him because I don't hate him I hate him so much But you know the thing is I'm actually excited I don't to hate
0: see you, him Will Ferrell. and I I am excited to see him and Paul Rudd together in, in the new um like TV series about um this weird psychologist who ruins someone's life
1: Paul Rudd on the other hand would marry yeah, also he, he is he's the world's the sexiest, sexiest man, man alive. Well that's because he still looks the same as he did in fucking Clueless. Yeah, <laughs> I know. He has not aged that man. Um, I saw it, I saw a <laughs> meme the other day, I think, of um the Friends cast in fifty years' time, and it was they'd aged all the Friends cast except for Paul. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, it's so true.
0: Amazing. I, I mean Matt LeBlanc. Oh boy, he does not look like Joey anymore. No. <laughs> well,
3: but he's he's the only one who's allowed himself to age naturally properly, and I really respect that. Oh. Rachel
0: McGann. Oh, sorry, not Richard Rachel McGannon's.
3: <laughs> Jennifer Aniston.
1: That's it. <laughs> she
3: seems natural,
1: right? I uh, mean what's Chandler's real name? Uh oh, uh, oh, oh, Matthew Beth Perry. Perry. He, uh, look, all three of them looked l- like they had let themselves age. Yeah. I mean Wait, like
3: who? Matthew
0: David Perry. Schwimmer, Matthew oh, Perry, right, and. Right. I thought you meant and Jennifer Aniston. I was like,
3: gosh, if I can look no, like all her. All the girls 50. didn't, uh,
1: you know, all the girls <laughs> didn't, but all the David guys
3: Schwimmer's did. David Schwimmer has had so much filler, though. Didn't you see that in the special?
1: Oh, I just right. thought he had a chubby face.
3: Hmm. His face looks blown up. <laughs> no, I don't think it's I, chub. I I think it's filler. I mean, I'm speculating here,
0: but I think like it's- I feel like that's so controversial. It's so true, but I mean, like I prefer to age naturally. I mm-hmm. I love the idea of getting wrinkles. I love the idea yeah. of getting grey hair. Stories. I just yeah, well, you it's, love it. Ricky? I'm so excited, to, but I do think that it happens more for female artists to mm-hmm. suddenly be like, you can't age, and mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you know, like that's something that also I know you know, like Emily and I talk about it and Instagram's the worst place for it. It's like oh fucking nightmare gosh. central because you're comparing yourself to everyone else. Mm-hmm. And there's um, there's this sweet um, like a- um, actress I know and she's quite young and her mother I'm in contact with and her mother, she was meant to do this TikTok for Doctor Who stuff and her mother messaged me and said, look, she's just had a really bad experience with TikTok. Like someone really aggressively bullied her. And I was like, Oh God, like, you know, this this you know twelve-year-old girl mm. is suddenly getting berated by it's people on the internet. The but that's but that's the thing. Like when we when I was twelve, I didn't have Instagram. I, should say, I didn't yeah. have any of those like internet forums. So
1: the idea that now that people <laughs> at one point I was an adult and none of this existed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Danny, for your old wise whiz.
0: <laughs>
1: the internet only came around when you were like what, 20? No, well, no, smartphones came out. <laughs> smartphones came out in 2007. Yeah. And by that point I was 25. Okay. 26.
0: But you had the internet at home prior to that. Dial-up, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs>
1: Not yet, no. I was no. gonna
2: say, I was like, hold the horses. <laughs> no, no, like, Dan- Dan- Although
1: Danny yet. is gonna be the
0: sexiest man alive, he's gonna age oh, like yeah. Paul Rudd. Like, yeah. Yeah. well, he's not <laughs> really
2: even aging, he looks yeah. great. I <laughs>
0: am 38 years young. Um, <laughs> yes, queen. but I mean, like, that's the thing. I feel like you know, for you, Sarah, you and um, and Tabby, you both are going to have that problem where mm-hmm. it's like the older you get, yep. mm-hmm. and the moment you go into your 30s, and the fact mm-hmm. that. Like, also, the kid factor is another thing. It's like, your mm-hmm. body changes then. Oh, my gosh, It's like, yeah. for us uh, guys, it's basically essentially just, you know, weight gain or, like, mm. keeping fitness or, you know, just, like, general, like, you know. Boldness. I mean, oh, <laughs> boldness. <I> mean, <laughs> you're pulling it off, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, like. That's a you know because I know Danny when you you decided to um, go in the direction you did was that a choice for you to kind of go and steer away from the like the look of bald you versus now
1: um, you're looking at me funny yeah for the, the, on the other for, day. The, for the purposes of uh, the other people on the call I am <laughs> technically a bald man and I wear a hairpiece um, do you yes. And it looks really good. It looks um, amazing.
2: I was like, "Gosh, he's got such a luscious hair."
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just keep filling in. Yes, yeah, yeah. I paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, effectively, I wanted to change my casting type. Mm. Right. Okay. okay. And like, we we have so few roles in Australia yeah. in general. Mm. Um, and looking at the looking at my submission report. Versus what I actually get called into an audition for, mm. it was very obvious how casting directors saw me, which was a mechanic or a tradey or a cop or whatever. Mm. And those mm. roles are not yeah. do not come up all that often, mm. apart from an NRMA, yeah, uh, for your benefit, REC breakdown mm. uh, <laughs> advert uh, or, or something like that. So the roles were not coming up, and I wasn't really getting many auditions. Mm. Um, I changed to wear a hairpiece. Um, Full time, not long before the current lockdown. Is that twenty
2: four hours a day, full time, or is
1: Um,
2: I don't know much about it. That's why I'm just asking. that's okay.
1: Effectively, um, it comes off um, whenever I want to take it off. But is it glued? It's double sided tape.
2: Oh, okay. okay. Okay, So then, is it uncomfortable?
1: Not at all. I don't even feel it. Like I barely remember. You that wear it it's...
2: naturally, like yeah, there, yeah. But like <laughs> half, like from here
1: down is my hair. Yep. So half of it is mine, and half of it is hairpiece. But if I take it off, I look like fucking Fry Tuck. So <laughs> <laughs> I, that's an image, in all. <laughs> so I can't. So I can't like just wear it, not have it on, because then I have to always wear a cap. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't have to. There look. are plenty of people out there that have. The Fry Tuck look. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that.
3: Um, have you seen a change in how the industry perceives you?
1: Yes, which is sad. So I got my new headshots and everything just before the last lockdown. Mm-hmm. So nothing was happening anyway. Mm-hmm. And then as, once the lockdown ended, um, I got like six or seven auditions in a week. Mm. Wow. Um, so yeah, completely. And, and it wasn't tradey or. So it was whatever, a big jump whatever. in
2: like increase of. Demand for your. Yeah. There was was
1: a change. There was an obvious change as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Everything like that I was submitting for, sorry, because I do uh, obviously try to find stuff on my own as well as what my agent was, who I'm no longer with. So now I'm doing it all on my own. But um, yeah. So yeah, there's been an obvious shift Mm -hmm. um, to work. But then when I moved, uh, there's a part of me that's like when I moved to London do I want to maintain this look yeah. or go back to bald because I feel like the bald look isn't I don't know if it's not stereotyped at, in the same way mm. in the UK as what it is it's, here. I
3: mean I think it I think it probably is. Are you mm. mostly a theater or a me- or a or a screen actor? Uh
1: my preference is screen.
3: Okay. So I can I only I have one um acquaintance who I know is a screen actor. He's bald and he's German, but he doesn't sound German, mm-hmm. and he only ever gets called in to play the Nazi. Aww. Wow! So I would assume that yes, it is the same over here.
1: Okay, great. I will maintain. I maintain mean, it's interesting, though. No, like mm. you know,
0: because yeah, it's like Corey Stoll, who is also bald, uh, has had you know oh, different wow. roles, but he also has had the villain role a fair amount of times.
1: He's what? He's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> I find him so incredibly attractive. I, I just, I just, am lo- loving that he's now the lead guy in Billions. Oh,
0: really? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I mean, like he is also just one of those. <laughs> like he did the Strain, and, and you know, in the first season of the Strain, he had to wear a head, headpiece, and I think it was like he, part of his contract was he said. this has got to disappear at some points because I want people to see me naturally Mm. bald. And it finally did happen, I think, in the second series, but it was like a a contract between him and Guillermo del Toro to say that was going to happen. And like, you know, I believe that, you know, when you're at a certain level of power, you can do that. Mm. But also the fact that he just wouldn't let up and he was like, I know that people are bald and, you know, and like it's such an, you know, made it a comfortable thing for everyone else. But yeah, I don't like the idea that everyone's a fucking villain who's bald. Like,
1: it's but like, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's annoying. But it I kind mean, of it, is what it is. But because people don't, have, unfortunately, people don't have that much vision. No, but I, the funny thing, but the funny thing is, right? People could casting directors could see me and go, you know what we like his face. We can see he's a good actor. We can put a hair, we can put hair on him if, if we need it. But they, they don't think like that. They just think mm. bald villain, yeah. trading.
3: Yeah, they, they completely like the imagination.
0: It's, it, it's, it's also like the thing of, you know, like, I think, you know, Tabby, you're the perfect height for most roles, oh. you know, because when casting agents look at women, they don't want tall women.
2: Yeah. Mm. They
0: want average height next to their male co-stars because their male coasters have to be the tall ones. <clears> and I know yep. friends who are like 181 centimetres tall, Mm. And they barely get any roles because, you know, but they're very good actors. Yeah. And it's just like, yep, yeah, nah, you're not the height ratio that we want. Mm. Yeah. Um. Or you're too thin or you're too, you know, like straight down and you're not curvy enough. It's just like, what the fuck? Like, why yeah. don't you base people on talent rather than, and and just show diversity? But it, there mm. is, you know, it is TV. It is mm. like, you know,
1: and... I mean...
0: cough yeah, films don't I, do I, it recently. I think it
1: really... It really depends. I mean, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Debecky is very tall. Yes. And she's great. She's phenomenal. But
0: I mean, also, remember, I think Basil Ehrman just kind of went out on a limb and, you know, went, she's good. Mm. And hired her. And then her career blew up. But he, she was on an unknown in The Great Gatsby. And then suddenly it's like, you know, I think she had all of like 10 lines or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, she appeared in quite a few scenes but mm. mostly had no lines and then suddenly mm. everyone's like, oh, my God, Elizabeth Debicki!" and now she's in The Crown and Guardians of the Galaxy and all that stuff and it's just like, holy shit, you know, she actually can act and be amazing characters as well. Mm. But, God, it has to be someone to take you out on a limb like, mm. and just someone to go, look, I've got the
1: vision and I'm going to try and make something of it. But I feel like regardless of, it. of it, whether you're bald, tall, short, that whatever we as actors, we need somebody yeah. to go out on a limb for us, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I think it, like our mm. look is, is sort of, I mean, it's not completely irrelevant, but like at whatever stage we are at in our career, we need someone to go, we're gonna give them a chance, yeah,
3: yeah, that's true.
1: I absolutely agree. I
0: mean, like, how moving across to you, Tabby, okay. but like, how is it being for you in like, you know, because you do stunt work as well. I know. More, yeah. yeah, she's a stunt artist. So it's like I know you're all learning everything about each other. Uh, it's a very joint thing. But I mean, you do stunt work. So it's like mm-hmm. how's has that been more consistent than acting for you?
2: Um so this is kind of embarrassing. I just graded um in lockdown. So I haven't had any act, like stunt work just really? yet. Really? Yeah. But I can tell you that it is skills based. So if you can drive a manual car, yeah. um, like, the more skills you have under your belt in the stunt industry, um, the more appealing you are, um, mm. which is great. Like, I've spent a lot of time this year, you know, I just started manual driving literally so I can get work on set just to drive manual cars if that's what they need. Mm. Um, I've started roller, roller skating and um, horse riding. Like, I've picked up my horse riding a lot more and mm. tried to be more appealing um, I guess, or not appealing. More versatile. Versatile, absolutely. Because I want someone to be like, oh, she can do X, Y, and Z. That just yeah. means she can pick up things quickly. Or let's give her a go because she's shown that she can do X, Y, and Z really well. Let's, you know, like I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I am hearing that this, you know, a lot more next year is going to be picking up in the industry, providing mm. COVID doesn't, you know, knock us all out <laughs> out again. But this year has been a bit like of a in like hearing through the grapevine, it's been more of one of those years that's just like put to the side. Um, yeah. Mm. And then start fresh again next year. So
1: get um, an agent. Do you
2: There's something called Stunt Book Australia? And it is literally like just listings of faces and um there is a search engine in it but it's just all the faces of saps stunt actors yeah and all the different types of stunt categories and a lot of the time people go through there like coordinators and if they don't go through stuntbook they end up networking so it's really important just like any industry to network mm-hmm. yeah um, so yeah
0: i feel like it- <laughs> You know, it, it goes back to that, you know, full circle kind of thing at the beginning. We were talking about like this year being a blur. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember sort of saying it's like, you know, um, that at some point I'd I'd quit TV and suddenly just go, okay, well, you know, producing is going to be a full-time thing and, and getting into the creative, um, creative world and like pushing myself straight into it. But now that the pandemic just keeps waxing and waning, I'm just like, it's probably better if I just kind of, because I know staying. I can't, if I go freelance, it, it is easy, but it's also annoying because mm. they might not hire me, mm. you know, and that is an option that you've also got to realistically take. So th- yeah. that, uh, that is something I keep very highly aware of. Mm-hmm. But, you know, who the fuck honestly knows with, with, mm. in terms of where everything is going. And I just think if, if, if I told myself, like even if I told myself at the end of 20, um, 2019 what I'd be doing now, I would, I would still kind of go. Oh, I don't, I don't know. And you know, and now I'm almost. There's part of me that goes. I feel like I've done so much in the last ten years, but there's also like last two years, I've just felt like I've done, you know, fuck all. <laughs> like it's, it's very.
2: I know. I also find that the social media aspect and like, it's been very hard to, you know, feel off social media. Like I've not accomplished. Anything. Yeah. And then you get onto social media and there's girls over in Bali or people announcing all of these wonderful things. And I was really grateful that I got my grading this year. That's the highlight of my year. I've had a pretty crappy year, to be honest. Yeah. But um, highlight of my year was my grading mm. and all that, that took for me. But like the the pressures of seeing what social media, I'm not sure if you guys have found this as artists, but seeing what other people have got, um, I mean, mm. I know it's a highlight reel, I guess, but it's been hard to be like, well, like, I mean, I, lo- like, I love seeing people's achievements. I'm not a sor- like a sour Sally or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. I'm very much like, what are they doing to, to get themselves to that point? Like, who mm. do they know? Like, what are they mm-hmm. learning? Who are they connecting with? Mm. Um, so, I don't know. I've just found it really hard in a way, like just not feeling a bit stuck maybe I
1: can empathize with that i mean i definitely see friends of mine that are from an acting perspective who mm. seem to be working all the fucking time and i'm like what are you doing mm. Mm. but they're in they're in different positions to me they're not necessarily they've not necessarily been working longer but one of my girlfriends is She's doing so well for herself, but she's married. She has a husband that has a full-time job that mm. means that she doesn't have to have a job. She mm. she acts. That's mm-hmm. all she does, that she mm. networks and she gets work and she does stuff constantly mm. because she has someone that can pay her rent for her. Yeah. And another person I know, he's just, I don't know, he is just a ridiculously attractive guy and he just seems <laughs> to be working all the time. Yeah. But I... I can't afford to do that. I live yeah. alone in Sydney. Mm, have a dog. Oh, yeah. I. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah. The most important thing. <laughs> yes. Yes, dog. yes. Yes. Kevin. Um, Kevin. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I just have, I have a life that I have to have to pay for. But yeah. my mm. goal for next year when I move to London is to have enough money in the bank from my job here. Mm to not have to work and Mm -hmm. rather not get a corporate job when I arrive so I can be just focusing on acting. And Mm -hmm. I dare say that once that happens, things will change for me as well because I won't have to worry about, I won't have to say, I can't do that because I've got work tomorrow Mm -hmm. or whatever and hopefully that starts to pick up and Mm -hmm. momentum comes from that. I want to say one thing to you about the, you were before about if I was to quit TV and do freelancing would i get um would i get work a recent guest of mine said nothing great ever came to anyone who took no risks Mm
3: -hmm. yes
1: and 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 that was something that inspired me also recently because i do love that quote
0: Mm -hmm. um and that is also true because for me it's it's just like the stress coming from was that thing that my mother said was like have a stable job or anything. But the the job that I have, even though it's technically great, I love it in, in so many technical ways, it doesn't give me the happiness that I like would creatively. Mm. And it's just like creatively I am a producer, I am a performer, and I'm a host. Like that is my life interests and they are the things that I know I'm good at. But I am also good at tech and understanding that thing. So, you know, like, the best of both worlds would be to have a job that I can do both in. But I feel like, you know, also the companies that I've always worked for have no interest in, you know, in, like, people of, you know, any capacity who are different other than the straight white male kind of facade. And unfortunately, in society, I have no care for that (laughs) because... Like I'd rather be this flamboyant, kooky individual who says, fuck it, um, a lot of the time and, you know, be individualistic. But I feel like you go into these so many different, you mm. know, you know, places where they are run from people who are like sixty years old and all the exec boards are white and it suddenly you go, uh-huh, the diversity is very limited. Mm. Like mm. and and that is also a bit like You know, I wish it kind of partially changed, but in in short answer to your question, yes, I would, I would, I nothing is stopping me except my own fear. So, realistically, it comes down to just the fear factor of just taking that giant first leg. But nothing earned, uh, um, what was it? Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Yeah, that's it. Nothing <laughs> earned, nothing gained. I mean, like, that is true as well. Like, it's a good fact. Um, but, yeah, I want to also steer us now um, because we're about to wrap up. But one thing that I do want to say is what are we all looking forward to going into this new year? What, are, what is something that we are all striving for? And I'll go, I'll go first to you, Sarah.
3: <laughs> okay. Um... Well, one of the upsides of ignoring COVID <laughs> is that the theatre industry is getting back on its feet. Um, and this year, it's been quite frustrating as someone who isn't established because obviously everyone has everyone is available, and I'm sure this is the same in Australia, um, so that if they're putting on shows, they've either been cast before COVID ever happened or they're being cast new, but because everyone's available, they go to the big names first. Mm. Um, So I'm really hoping um, that next year brings a lot more opportunity Mm. again, Mm. um, you know, more auditions, um, more chances to be seen. I don't even want to aim for booking a job, but it's been really slim in terms of even auditions Um, throughout this year, particularly in 2020. There seem to be more commercials and stuff even, but this year it's been really, really thin. So that I'm, I'm looking forward to more creative opportunities and opportunities to get in the room
1: mm. yeah what about you Danny? Mm, i feel like my answer can be very long <laughs> 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 so the first thing that i'm looking forward to is moving to london mm. Mm. um my flights are booked business Yay. with qatar 10th of october next year oh, cannot wait Be
2: nice be nice
1: um uh, was I didn't pay for that? It's Qantas S- points. But. Still, amazing. are you taking your dog? <laughs> yes, he will be coming with Yay! me, but he will not be coming on that flight. Kevin. Kevin's um, getting a trip. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. That, that, that's the main thing that I'm really looking forward to, and and yeah. and, the, and the reason for that is I never really wanted to move back from the UK in the first place. Yeah. Um. The GFC happened. I lost my job. I had a mortgage. I had all that kind of responsibility, and it was just out of necessity that I kind of. Moved back. Actually, it wasn't even a, it wasn't a plan. I came back for a holiday and I stayed. um And I think ever since I have been living in a land of a limbo. Mm. And I moved back in two thousand and nine. I have not felt at home in Australia wow. since I've been here. Mm. And I've had a, like an eight year relationship in that time. And mm. even in that relationship, we had been talking about moving to the UK. So I feel like I've been moving back to the UK. Yeah. For 12 years yeah. mm. so I'm really looking forward to that um coming coming through but similar to you Sarah I'm kind of looking forward to the creative opportunities hopefully that come up this year I made the risky decision recently to resign from my agent and move to freelancing um so I'm kind of taking control of my creative mm-hmm. career as an mm-hmm. actor so I'm hoping that I get more like some actual Credits that are not um, short films on mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. profile in the next ten months before mm-hmm. I leave. Yeah, which will be very exciting. Yeah. What about you, Tabby?
2: Me? Well, I think as a freshly graded stunt woman, I'd like to go <laughs> and get some work um, with that, and I would really love to be able to. Um. Yeah, put more effort into acting and and experience a bit more amongst acting. I feel like the last year for me has been a year of kind of undoing who I thought I was Mm. and I'm kind of in the I'm completely undone at the moment Like, and now it's time to build back up and with what I've learned. um, So I feel like I have a lot more understanding um, to be able to draw upon in different roles and I I don't know what a jinx is my – I don't know, but just recently I've felt like I've got a bit of like the writing bug, like I'd I'd like to try and write a short film, maybe a film. Mm. Um, But then people that I've spoken to about the idea, they're like, you should turn that into a series, like TV series, you know. Um, And so I'd love to just create. And I tell my acting, like I'm an acting teacher and I tell my kids, you know, there's a lot more to acting than just acting. You know, you could be a screenwriter. Like there was a kid the other day in a class that I was looking after and I said I could. I noticed that he was very particular; would call anybody out on anything. And I was like, and, and in a, in a good way, like he was a very lovely kid. And I said, you know, you should have a look at maybe being a producer and a director. Like I feel like you've got a really keen eye to mm. to grab hold of a situation and point direction and understanding to, for people towards it. And he he was like, I've I've never never thought about that and I mean he's only in year seven at school but I was like I loved being able to share that encouragement with him um -hmm. to kind of open his eyes a bit and then I've got like five and six year olds that I'm also like you know like I have a a a a 10 year old that's written me two little scenes in the last three months and Mm. they've been incredible scenes you know they've been around like Christmas and Halloween but the fact that she's made sure she's factored in beautiful um, elements of incorporating everybody in the class mm. and then also having a plot twist and, you know, she she sits there and she writes in her lead pencil and gets her mum to type it up for her on the computer and send it to me. Like I've loved being able to see the kids explore that and I also now feel like I'm seeing them explore it. I'm like, oh, I should explore it too because, yes, I went from being an actress to doing stunts too but now I'm like, I should venture on to other avenues too and make I guess it's like with stunts, the more skill sets you have, the more flexible and uh, yeah, the abilities of opportunities hopefully come this way.
0: I, I'm sure. I I, <laughs> I, like, I, I I feel like it will and I feel like, you know, what what would be my like step into next year <laughs> would be probably to just, you know, like I'm about to move in with Emily. We're, <gasps> we're about to like do the <gasps> big like living together. And I mean that, that's exciting, but it's also kind of like we're both just like okay, cool. So once we live together, we've also got to make sure because you know we we want to we want to do stuff with our careers and change um, in our career trajectories. And I think that you know the the, the good thing about our, our relationship is we've always done things together, but it, it is also like you know just facing the brave new world because mm. obviously like we kind of know in the back of our heads probably that our parents aren't going to love our decisions because they come from different generations. And like my mother will probably be like, oh, why'd you quit your good paying job and stuff like this? And I just got to, you know, as I said to you, Danny, just get past that because it's like at the end of the day, it's my life. It's not theirs. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Um, and you're
2: going to be the one in 40 years, like living yeah, with God, the consequence yeah. of I, your and decisions. I ju-
0: and I just like, I look at my dad who's, a, you know, a freelance photographer and I'm just like, there's my prime model of like you yeah. married someone who was a freelancer. So yeah. this is this life isn't new to you. Like you just got to accept that this is the life we want to do, and it's not kind of to... parents just want the best for their kids. I know, but sometimes they can get fucked.
1: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> in the nicest way, Tabby.
2: If I was to tell my mum that, whoo. <laughs> no
1: way. <laughs> my mum wouldn't dream of telling me what to do. Like, yeah, I tell her what to do. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm actually pretty grateful. Like, my mom, you know, is like the main instigator in in making sure that I mm. make choices that that you know, will be ones that I'm happy with and yeah. she's very much supportive of any choice that I have and I've been super grateful. So thanks, Mom.
0: And I will want to say, though, um, now that we're wrapping up, thank you all for coming back and oh. joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure hearing everyone's opinions. Thank and you. Thanks for having me. And like, it's, it's been late. lovely to
2: chat to you guys too, you know. It's,
0: yeah, it's and I'm nice. like, you know, it, it's interesting because, you know, like everyone's recorded like their episode at a different point of the year and mm-hmm. coming back and having this like introspe- um, introspective, like view on things. It's just really, it's nice, but it's also bewildering. Like mm. how, where we've all kind of like on. Oh yeah, mm. that was a year. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm. Um, but no, thank- I feel like this. You just kind of yeah. completely flew past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Like I, I was really- in lockdown and what felt like forever, but then I was out of lockdown. It was the end of the year. I'm like, what?
3: Yeah, yeah. It was It, like a it was blink. the beginning
1: of the year when I went into lockdown. What the hell? Mm. Yeah. Um, and we're still in fucking winter.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah si- uh, by the way, Sarah, if you think Sydney is warm, it is cold as fuck.
2: And very uh, wet.
1: Very, very
0: wet and very rainy. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what's happening with the weather at the moment. It's just the monsoon. <laughs> um but thank you everyone for joining me thank you danny thank you tabby and thank you sarah oh, thank you. um you can also find their links in the bio i will send them out um go and check out danny's podcast go and check out um sarah's voice acting website and go and check out tabby when she's in stunt stuff
3: <laughs> um
0: <laughs> But no, yeah, thanks thanks everyone for coming back. Um, you can check out more episodes of The Things We Do. They're available on Apple and Spotify. I'll be speaking to more people in the new year. Wee-wee. And I'll speak to you all later. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>